You're listening to episode 230 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we finish our look at season two of the Showcase Netflix series, Travelers, with episodes 211 and 212. And since it's dropped on Netflix US in the last few days, if you know anybody that's watching it and they like listening to podcasts, send them our way. So, dude, we got a lot to talk about with these two and... There's a lot to talk about, yes. Yeah, season finales are always tricky, and I, I think they did, again, as good a job as you could hope for. So, uh, you know, before we get into that discussion... Unless you were looking for resolution, well, that's, then you might not think they did such a great job. Well, that's true. So, uh, before we get into the, the feedback and the discussion, you know, Wayne and I want to remind you, we'd love to hear from you. Emails at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Go to the website, leave a voicemail if you want, record your own audio clip, send us the MP3, tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch, and consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. So we, we have a piece of feedback for episode 211, and this is from Fred in the Netherlands. And he says, question about the opening scenes. Is there a purpose in showing that Catherine and Grant met Vincent in 2012 at the hospital charity gala? Probably yes, but I don't see it. Any thoughts? Well, I think it's his seeing all of Simon's paintings and drawings that right. gets his attention. Now, why he feels the need to buy them all you know, is it so that the director doesn't eventually see them? Is it, you know, that he just doesn't want that information out there? I'm not sure, but I, I think that's the importance. Yeah, um, we we'd seen this scene before already, um, right? Because we saw it back when we were first introduced to Vincent. I think they showed us this scene where he actually met uh, Grant and Cat. At this uh, charity, you know, gala, whatever, I, you know, there's something visceral about the paintings that, you know, all the travelers kind of are very strongly affected uh, by them. So, you know, it could be. And I'm not saying for sure because we don't know for sure why he bought it, but it could be he's just so you know, moved by them as, as all the people from the future seem to be, but, you know, by uh, Simon's uh, paintings and everything. So, so then you're implying he could you, just be an art fan. He has a heart and a soul. Um, good point. So that's probably <laughs> not it then. <laughs> all right. But uh, because most things that Vincent does benefit Vincent. So yeah. And they're coldly calculating. Right. So, all right. So he goes on and says, in your episode nine podcast, I asked the question, what happens to the original bodies of the travelers in the future when they travel to the 21st? And in the discussion that follows, it was said that the showrunners never show the future. Wayne said he was okay with that. Actually, I have to say I am too. Which future could they show? Anyhow, how constant and relevant Will that future be with so many travelers in the 21st, faction and non-faction, that influence the future? However, in this episode, we do see some of it, all by Simon's drawings, and it doesn't look pretty. 
What I found peculiar is none of the travelers discussed Simon's drawings with each other. An important question for them would be, is it consistent with the future as they know it? I think this is a weak plot device by the writers. They just leave us on purpose with a whole bunch of questions about what we see. You know, I mean, the fact that they don't talk about them, maybe they will at some point, but, uh, you know, as, as to whether it's a weak plot device, it, it certainly raises questions. I, I don't think it tells us anything we didn't already suspect about the bleakness of this future. Right. And, you know, I, I did. I mean, they don't talk about it per se, but they do comment on it because McLaren says, you know, like both, they're looking at it and they're, like I said, they are experiencing that kind of, you know, visceral reaction to it. They're all taken aback and, and Grant's like, yeah, it's really weird seeing these in the 21st century. So I think they they recognize the, the things in in the drawings, but, uh, but yeah, they don't. And, and part of it is they don't really have time to talk about because they're kind of busy, you know, running around and, and doing things. Right. But uh, yeah. point well taken, though. Yeah, yeah. Now, we see Marcy having flashbacks, so the showrunners do use flashbacks as a plot device. Does this mean we are going to see the future? And I don't mean the real future, but the future our traveler team left just as flashbacks. I don't think so. They already could have done that many times before, for instance, about Grant and Carly's relationship. One aspect of this, of course, that the show would need a whole set of extra actors because our team consists of completely different people in the future. Would be interesting to see, though, and it would be quite a challenge for those actors to show the same kind of personality as our team in the 21st. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool, there's no doubt, but but as Fred points out, it, it opens up you know, entire separate set of logistics that not only would they have to pay these actors, but different yeah. settings and scenery. So sure. I mean, I, I think they could do it where they just perhaps give us some brief images, maybe not even have the actors talk, but then well, of course, how would we know who? Well, we did right. They, just briefly. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, obviously, you know, they they've clearly made a, a choice here that that no, they're not going to really show us the future. You know, we're going to get the future, um, like from Simon's drawings and stuff like that. I could definitely see them doing maybe some more of like what they did before when you know they showed Grant and Carly uh, having sex back when they were travelers, right? Sure. Um, so things like that, where there's not even dialogue, like you said, not, there's no dialogue going on. It's just a, a brief snippet. They could probably do that. But, uh, and you know, and again, it's as a practical choice. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, it would require so much else to, uh, to go there and to, to bring in like the future as, uh, you know, an actual part of the plot. And, and as Fred said, it's, you really couldn't because it's changing so much like and everything so um how they're going about it is is just fine i think and that's probably how they're going to stick with it and they'll give us information uh here and there now and again and maybe we'll just get a brief scene of the future now and again but uh yeah i don't think they're really going to go there so all right and, and then the third point that he brings up has to do with jeff 
coming home drunk, falling back into his old behavior. I sadly saw that fully coming. I already wondered that it took so long. And, you know, we'll talk about that in the discussion. Uh, Mm -hmm. He brings up uh, that scene that we talked about with Carly and Philip in episode nine. Are you developing a thing for me? No. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think you're very attractive. This is weird. I agree. So his question, will Jeff's behavior push Carly towards Philip, her favorite DJ? By now, Carly knows that Grant's fully committed to Catherine. I found the quickly alternating scenes of Jeff and Carly being violent with each other and David and Marcy in bed being sweet to each other actually too much of a contrast. The emotional impact of each scene was disturbed, disrupted, destroyed by the other scene. This interspersed with Philip singing and Riley Dolman can sing, by the way. And that's, of course, something I always say to my wife. The actors that make it, they can do everything. They can sing. They can probably dance acceptably. Yeah. They were that kid in high school. Exactly. So um, it's, it's like the the football player that was the quarterback and the the, the you know the the best D back or middle linebacker of his team and was just the star all around. You know, like sure. Now as to whether Carly's going to get pushed towards Philip, the only reason I would say no is because I think because of what Philip has now in his head. You know, after the update that he was given, he he seems different on certain levels. And I wonder if there'll be something that he will just try to be proactive and not get closer to her. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, you know. Uh, But on the other hand, you know, we've got, well, when we get to episode 12, obviously, we don't know how many of these couples will still be together. So, yeah. It seems like relationships are kind of like last thing on their minds right now. Exactly. At the end of episode 12. So, All right. So he says, best moments, David and Grant's discussion in the elevator. Uh, Grant's quote, why do these things always end up in barns? I chose this because I thought exactly the same, just a fraction before him saying that. This was it. He could read my mind. Nice twist by the writers. And he doesn't have a nitpick this week. Gives this episode 8.5 out of 10. All right. So, cool. Oh, I don't know if I have a scale up anymore to figure out what, what that means. Like, yeah. I think it's an I A+. I think plus. it's still an A-. Minus. No, yeah. it's an A+. An a plus? Plus? Yeah. In his scale. Then, so, all right. Ep- okay. Episode 211, titled Simon, written by Jason Whiting, who wrote 111 Marcy and 202 Protocol 4, directed by Will Waring aired December 18th, 2017. And as we've said, and I'm sure everybody knows, in in Canada, 11 and 12 aired together. Of course, if you've got Netflix US, you got the whole 12 episode in one chunk. So um, this is the first team that has heard that Vincent is 001. So, you know, they knew about Vincent, but they didn't really know that he was the first. And right which uh, which we knew right like i think we knew that that he was at least one of the first ones yes we did but the team didn't but the team didn't yes right and and of course we're wondering what his end game is what is it that he's having simon build that that we talked about you know in, in the last podcast and has his end game changed now 211 sets up all these personal relationships and paves the way for the big fall in 212. Sorry if you think that's spoilerish, but 
I'm assuming you've seen both episodes. They they really do. Work. Well, like we're like I said. I mean, we're we're talking about both these episodes together because they really are. I mean, like literally, it, they're separated by less than two hours, right? Because yes. at the end of two eleven, they get the call. You know, McLaren, you need to be here in two hours, and then the beginning of two twelve, he's there. Right. So it's you know not even two hours has passed between the. Yeah, so it's 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 ser- is literally just one story that you could watch them, you know, w- take out the credits and it just seamlessly goes together, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think one of the questions we have to ask is: McLaren's team falling apart? Are their personal lives going to negatively impact the missions? Because outside of Trevor, everybody's got something, right? That that. Gary, and I forget what his mother's name is. Yeah, I can't remember either. I mean, now, we assume they've seen the YouTube video, but, you know, I mean, they weren't abducted like everybody else. So what's this going to do to the team? Simon, was Simon's host schizophrenic, or did this develop afterwards? Marcy does mention the, you know, late onset of schizophrenia, I wasn't sure whether she was talking about Simon himself or Simon's host. And then did the director abandon Simon? I mean, it certainly seems that way, but don't know, but certainly something to consider. Now, the A story, if you will, flashbacks to Vincent and Simon. And, and, you know, we've already talked about the flashback to the 2012 uh, charity gala we then move into the scene where Simon's buying all these parts to build something. And the problem with Simon is we see what he sees, but it becomes apparent pretty quickly that some of it's real. Some of it isn't, you know, you know, that scene where he, it looks like he's been caught hacking into federal computers you know, you know which yes. one? Is that real or imagined? I still don't know. That's that's. I'm pretty sure that's imagined. Okay. Um, because yeah, because he runs outside and he thinks he's you know he, that he's caught, and then we you know all realize he's screaming at the top of his lungs in the middle of the street, and that there's no you know helicopter or anything around. That so he's just just having a you know uh an episode oh right and he's down on his knees in the middle of the street that's right yeah mm-hmm. so dr carol who's played by rukia bernard who i know from van helsing she plays doc in in van helsing and just for me it was so great to see her in another situation other than constantly running from vampires but she's <laughs> simon's doctor at the mental hospital and introduces victor to simon who then tells him that he was supposed to die in the north tower collapse okay that's going to be something that'll get vincent's uh, attention i would Mm -hmm. i would certainly think and you know he tells simon that the director sent him to make him whole which of course we know is a big fat lie Right. So at this yeah, point, yeah. why does he want to work with Simon? What is he having Simon build? And uh, of course, eventually, Doctor Carroll confronts Vincent about all the equipment he's bringing in for Simon. And I love it. You know, Vincent, as, as we said, here's an envelope full of cash. Yep. Okay. Oh, is that a lot? That's, I don't know. 
I don't, yeah. I don't think he says that this time, but <laughs> he did. But, but, but you're right. It's like that he's able to just buy anyone off. Like, you, you know, whenever someone stands up to him, it's just like, well, here, have some money. And, or, you know, um, you're not sure about doing what I want you to do. Well, here, how about having this ton of money? And then does that help you make your decision? That's kind of how, how he works people over. Um, and then we see him kind of throw it back in Dr. Carroll's face later when he, you know, is done with the place really. And he says, well, I'm, you know, no longer going to, to fund, uh, this hospital. And she's like, but you know, a lot of these programs now rely on, on your funding. He's like, well, good thing I paid you so much money. Now you can do it. Oh oh my God. That line, when he says that to her, because again, she's somebody that cares about her patients. And uh, again, I mean, if I could reach my hand through the screen, I feel like, (laughs) yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, did they make him too hateable do they make him to be so completely and utterly evil that like i said we like the fact that he is still in existence at the end of this episode i i feel like and i i don't usually see like i i i didn't think i was a person who needs resolution and needs to see the bad guy get beaten but i feel like now i need to see this bad guy get beaten yeah you know no i know what you mean exactly so it's like the uh, I, I try, the, the closest thing I can maybe think is um, you know the, the the bastard in Game of Thrones. He's the only he was just so terribly awful, and it's always still winning. You know, like that you just you just couldn't wait for him to get taken down. You know, so. yeah. So. All right, well, the bulk of the episode takes place in the present. And, and, and again, as we've been doing the last few weeks, and for good reason, kind of breaks down by character. So we see David and Marcy. And David takes her to the street artist who you know, has told David he's on a mission from the director, which obviously gets Marcy's attention. And they see a bunch of his work. He appears and recognizes Marcy. So, again, we later learn he recognizes her from the hospital, but certainly that's something that gets David's attention at this point because right now David and Marcy are a couple. You know, she's feeling good about everything she knows about David, remembers about David. So, in his mind, things are going well. Poor David. I mean, again, what must he think? Now, at least... He knows both of these people. Right. Well, and, and the question, is David actually surprised by this anymore? The fact that I'm just like, oh, hello, Marcy. I like your hair. Like, does that, at this point, does David even blink? Or is he just like, this girl is, you know, th- there's just something about her that she's kind of everywhere. And, you know, like the, all these things with, with her. I wonder if it just doesn't surprise him anymore. Uh, that's probably true. She, she comes with a suitcase or two. So, yeah. Like now, now he's worried that Marcy's self-destructive, and, and that's the scene in the elevator when when he, you know, talks to Mac about Marcy, and uh, you know, of course, Mac knows basically what's going on, but but still, at this point, you know, not telling her the truth, and then. David gets home, finds Marcy fixing dinner, though it's it's clear she really can't cook. And I love her line. Well, it's not brain surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently for well, you, it's more difficult. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, she, she messed up, you know, 
Yeah. Pasta. Yeah. Right. But it's like next impossible to do. Well, okay. And I agree with you. Okay. She can't cook, but she can kiss and unbutton shirts. So, yeah. Well, there's something yeah. to be said for that. So they wake, <laughs> they wake up in bed the next morning. She's really. I like how David went back to turn off the, the, the stove. Uh, you know, <laughs> you kind of like get this this scene of passion where they, you know, the couple is going straight to the bedroom, and then just that little nod there, you know, like David just, all right, well, stop the passion for a second. Uh, we can't leave the fire on. That's dangerous. Well, so. see, and that's the kind of detail that we would ordinarily nitpick. And I love how he, they both go out of the shot, and then he comes back to turn. Yeah, just like oh, it was, that was that was perfect. Yeah. But it was great. Yeah. She, you know, she's really changed. Sorry, it's taken her so long to find her way back. She tells him that she loves him, which obviously we all root for David, Carly, and Jeff. And you know, we've been, and I think you know, fairly giving Jeff credit, but I, I think we all knew that at some point this might happen. He tries to force himself on Carly. He does put up a better fight this time. I will say that, but that she comes within an eyelash of beating him to death. Certainly yeah. the irony should not be lost on anyone. But yeah. but it's Philip that clearly knew this was coming and is in her comms, right? And that's, yeah. that's pretty much what prevents her. Yeah, this, uh, you know, I mean, Jeff is just kind of like, I don't know, I, I just feel like they aren't, I mean, I guess humans are complex and we're not all one thing. Um, so to to criticize and say that they, you know, the, the showrunners doesn't seem like they can really get a fix on what to do with Jeff. Because, yeah, like of recent episodes, it seemed like he was kind of getting better and might be okay. And maybe if he, he stops drinking and, you know, starts continuing to do yoga with her that uh, – that maybe he can, you know, turn a corner and become an actual uh, dude here. But uh, but obviously, um, you know, he comes home. He's been drinking. He you know demands uh, that Carly have sex with him. It's it was definitely a justified beating that he got. Though he like like you said, I mean, she almost killed him. It's only by Philip's intervention that um, you know that she didn't kill him. Right, and. You know, just to play devil's advocate for a second, and I, I, try, I mean, by no means am I justifying what he was trying to do. It all could have been prevented if he had known the truth. Now, as absurd as that sounds, oh, by the way, I'm a traveler from the future. Okay, I get that. But it was probably a mistake for them to live together at this point. Exactly. Yeah, that that's definitely. Uh, but I guess it's kind of of necessity, right? But I think Carly, I just it does. It seems like she, like she wants to have him around as like a kind of pseudo babysitter, but um, she's completely unwilling to uh, you know pursue any kind of of relationship with him. Yeah, that might be like kind of naive on her part a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, you nailed it. I mean, that's what she wants. She wants a babysitter. She doesn't want a partner. You right. Know? I mean, maybe a partner in raising their child, but, yeah. but certainly not an emotionally connected partner. So uh, it doesn't justify what he does, but 
Not at all. It, it, it's certainly a, a bad situation. You know, it's just like waiting to explode. And of course, in this episode, it does. Now, Grant and Catherine, he's at home. He's up at 4 a.m. because he hears the sound of the auto light dimmers. And I'm thinking like, dude, <laughs> I can relate in that, you know, we have a few in our house and I have one in my studio here. And I can't tell you a few days. I mean, of course, this was years ago, but I'm hearing, what is that clicking? Where the hell is it coming from? And of course, I finally narrowed it down and unplugged it, but okay. But it's almost as if he's having a bit of a breakdown and understandable. I mean, he's certainly got a lot on his plate at this point, but this whole episode 211, where it's just setting up all of these human emotions, you know, these relationships these people are dealing with and the fact that they're travelers from the future trying to save man. It's a lot to take in for anybody. Yeah. 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 And we see like, yeah, he has a little breakdown there, you know, like, cause he does like cat kind of hugs him and he starts to cry a little bit. So yeah, you absolutely, you know, got it right there where, you know, the, I mean, there's a lot of stress and pressure in his life. Yeah. And she even um, says we t- can take turns being the strong one. Mm-hmm. So, now I, I like the scene she brings dinner to him he's the only one in the fbi office and i guess one of the things that, Which, that i i always like when this happens it's happened a couple times is that in the back of her mind is she worried he's having an affair and then she comes and she finds him there and and she's got the food and she's telling him through right. the food what it is she wants to try which is of mm-hmm. course take a long vacation which a couple of months wow I've... yeah well i feel like she knew that wasn't going to fly so she kind of then had oh well my plan b is adoption you know like like the food was kind of like the setup right like yeah. you know like I'm, I'm bidding on you know like aiming high here he's definitely not going to go for the vacation thing but then so once he re- you know, shoots down my vacation idea, I'll give him the adoption flyer and then he'll be more likely to go for that one, which I think he would have gone for anyway. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Were you surprised that he is pretty favorable in his reaction? Because he says, I never thought of that. Yeah. Well, I wonder. No, I'm not surprised. Well, you wonder, I mean, clearly they don't have adoption in the future because the human race is dying out so right. so you probably don't have surplus so when he says i never thought of that i think he literally means that's not on my radar yeah like that's not even a, a thing for me yeah 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 I, I i agree that's that's probably what and you know actually from what we saw with uh philip where we find out that he was picked as an infant to become a historian i mean there might not even really be you know, like family units in the future. Yeah, what a sad story that was. I mean, you know, on the one hand, we always wondered about Philip and, and his mm-hmm. abilities. So, I mean, on the one hand, and, and he even says, you know, some days, you know, it really emotionally bothers me, and some days I 
really think it's pretty cool. I mean, that's not the, the terminology he uses, but that, that was his yeah, point. We, he says like, yeah, sometimes I'm a superhero or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, just, just so complex. And then <laughs> Trevor, he, <laughs> I love his girlfriend and I love his relationship with his girlfriend <laughs> and, and she comes yeah. and apparently she's been away for a while and now wants to break up. And she's like, is that what we're doing? And he's like, a sigh of relief internally that yeah he doesn't have to deal with her anymore well, well, well he's like you know i i thought that th- this was important and i kind of you know put things aside to be here i gotta go yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like is that it we're just breaking up oh yeah that's fine break up that's fine you know like and everything like that which like you know i it is not an uncommon thing i think for couples who are together in high school to not be together after that first, you know, semester of of college, right? I mean, this actually literally happened to me, and you know, it was upsetting for me. But but uh, but you know, Trevor is not a seventeen year old kid; he's an old old person, and to him, this is as natural as anything, and he's you know okay with it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the the rest of it deals with Simon and the team. And, and, you know, we see the drawings and the paintings of the shelters and domes. And Marcy remembers Simon. And we learn that he's a specialist, whatever exactly that is, but clearly having some mm-hmm. sort of a psychotic break. And, you know, we, we talked about we see what he sees. It's just not always there. And, and, again, it doesn't take us very long to figure out that when he sees Vincent, it's just strictly a delusion, but he, you know Vincent is certainly in his head enough that that it certainly causes a problem. But they bring him into HQ, and he immediately gets on Philip's computer, and we learn that he was zero zero four tasked with setting up the communications infrastructure for the travelers. But now, uh, I guess it was I think you said Marcy brings up that he's probably suffering a schizophrenic break. But we learn that Vincent has been spying on the travelers through the deep web, and I don't think that comes as a the surprise. Deep, deep web. Yeah, I don't think that comes as a surprise to anybody, given you sure. know, how Vincent's uh, far-reaching uh, capabilities. But Simon updates their comm system so that they can track Vincent's calls and comms, and they track a call to his therapist, uh, played by Amanda Tapping, Doctor Perot. Philip gets the number, they track down her location, and I'm thinking, that was way too easy. Right, exactly. Like, like this whole plan of theirs is so ham-fisted. Um, you know, like, just the fact that Simon reveals that there's this even deeper level of the web that Vincent's been using to, to keep tabs on them, plus their experiences with him after being you know, captured by him, you would think that they would, it would cause them to pause a little bit more and say, okay, now wait a second. Let's really think this out because this guy is clearly a person who thinks a number of steps ahead of himself. So should we go charging in with the first and most obvious plan that we can come up with? Or should we maybe think this through and, and, take it a little bit more slowly you know like there's just so like especially mclaren is just so over motivated to get vincent and get him now that they 
they don't really take the time to to think this through as they should have. Well, right. And I don't see it as a plot hole. I, I just see it simply as Vincent manipulating McLaren's team and that he's just one step ahead of them. As brilliant as they are, he's pretty darn smart himself. And and, you know, once Dr. Perot gets picked up by Vincent's guys, and of course, you can see she's freaking out. Mac's team receives that video of her with the device cut out of her neck. The message that if Mac doesn't deliver himself to Vincent, she's going to die. And, you know, wow. Okay. What a great way to lead us into episode 212 because things have been building, building, building. And, you know, 212 brings everything to certainly a resolution, not finality, of course, but. So, uh, all right. So anything else about 211 before we get into talking about 212? Um, just personally, I didn't like this episode that much just cause, and I, it is what it is. It was a setup for, you know, the last episode, um, you know, not a lot actually happened in it. We did get, you know, quite a bit of information like about the future and everything. Um, but it, it really was just totally as, kind of exposition for the 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 final episode so um so what are you going know. with i didn't i didn't care for it that much so I, i'm gonna give it a i think i'll give it just solid b okay all right i'm i'm haven't decided whether b b plus for me again for the okay. same reasons but all right well episode 212 titled 001 written by ken kabatoff who co-wrote jenny which was 205 directed by eric mccormick and this is right. his yeah, second time that. as a director. He, he directed an episode of Perception, uh, which is a show that he was the uh, lead character in, aired December 18th, 2017. Uh, in terms of some discussion points, you know, did Simon build the first quantum frame? You know, I, I think it's pretty darn likely he did, you know, gi- given yeah. what he's building here, which... Um, Turns out to be not a quantum frame per se, but a consciousness transfer machine. Did they stop building it in the hospital and then resurrect the project on the outside? Or yeah, or is yeah? That's that's I was wondering that myself. I mean, I'm not sure it's it's, all that important one way or the other, but no, I don't think it's important. You're right. It's just that we know, and honestly. Well, I guess it, it comes back to, was that the machine that they were working on in the hospital? Why did all of a sudden they stop? Uh, well, I guess Mar- maybe it's Marcy, the fact, the whole Marcy thing that caused them to realize they have to, you know, leave the hospital. Yeah, maybe. And, and, um, so, and not draw attention to themselves. Because, right, because as that one guy says, people are going to recognize Marcy as an employee, and he's like, well, bribe the ones you can. And it's like, well, what kind of answer is that? So, yeah, right. But, yeah. but you know, then we get into that statement that he makes, uh, you know, about this all being about his son and the sins of the father. And it's like, shut up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but when we look at the, the basic premise of, you know, Vincent at this point, where he just wants McLaren to leave him alone. And, and I'm thinking like, okay, number one, why don't the two sides just sit down and really talk about this rather than, 
you know, with guns pointed at each other. Is his request to be left alone really that outlandish? Or is it, I, I mean, the request itself isn't, but, you know, do we believe, does McLaren believe that's all he wants? Well, you know, I don't think so. Okay. And, and there's certainly good cause for him to think that way. So, yeah. Now, even if the general public doesn't believe the time traveler story, which obviously, you know, the, the, uh, I forget who it is that says he's going to depend on the, the healthy skepticism of the average 21st century yeah. citizen. Max team's lives are ruined. I mean, their photos are out there one way or the other. So, yes. So now yeah, what? Absolutely. So now what? Which, which, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a big deal. So, you know, I, I think that's, a byproduct that that it's easy to to miss the first time you watch the episode. Yeah, I mean, just at at, at the end of the episode, you're just like they they're just completely and totally screwed. It, it, it appears, um, and you know, you know, like he talks about you know twenty first century skepticism, which I totally agreed with him. But then all of a sudden, you see like people in the news, time travelers. It's like, wait, no, like I don't, th- I, I just, I can't realistically believe that even with four different people recording confessions to being time travelers, that that would gain any kind of credence at all. Like, and even with like a, you know, psychiatrist saying this is real, like it still would, you know, most people just say, you know, whatever It's probably some, you know, marketing trick by some company or like some new movie coming out. Like no one would, actually think that time travels from the future were interfering in, in our lives you know this is just so that, that's the the only thing about this episode I, I totally can't buy oh i agree with you and and i think that's the premise that we're going to work under i think it's wakefield that says or maybe mclaren that you we don't have to worry about the new york times and the washington post it's the fact that there's all of these you know fringe news outlets on the web yeah. that are just going to keep the story alive yeah fox news would definitely run this <laughs> nice and and, and, <laughs> and and whether they're seen as time travelers or terrorists doesn't really make a difference their lives are impacted negatively so sure so sure, anyway absolutely how did the final transfer work i mean we see vincent's husk and that goes back to Fred's question about what happens to the host's body. And I think we kind of get an answer here that it essentially sure. dies. I mean, it's it's basically an empty shell. Right. So we see Vin- – But not die because it's you know, biologically still kicking because they're able to you know, insert a new traveler into it. But in the future, you know? So, so- – Wait, what? Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. So what? Ha- right. So what happens to it? Right. But that, what I'm saying is that, like, the biologically, the body's still viable. Correct. Right. 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 So, like, the apparently the heart still beats and the lungs still work and everything. It's just there's no, no one's home okay. until you, someone you know, gets sent into the house. Right. So we see Vincent's husk, and then a traveler is sent into it. So right. has he tricked the director somehow? I mean, the director sent the traveler, we assume. Right. So, yeah, that that's actually, I was wondering, does the director think 
that that Vincent is done and overwritten, right? Uh, yeah. Does the director not realize that he or his consciousness has escaped? Yeah. Um, where is Perot's consciousness? I mean, now that Vincent, his consciousness is in her body, we know hers isn't in his because... Right. Or I, we assume it's still in hers, right? I mean, she's still there, just like every other host okay, is still there. Okay, so this really was a transfer into her. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I I, I assume. We don't, you know, I, I, there could be more to this because this is kind of unprecedented, right, this whole thing. But, um, you know, I just assumed that, yeah, he traveled into dr perot just as you know they travel from the future into the people uh, of the present okay and and i guess for a while i was thinking that this was a two-way action but that's not necessarily true it doesn't have to be we don't really know like what what's up with simon right well exactly and what happens to him i don't know (laughs) like they just they're hooking them up to this stuff like which I, you know, and then the next thing we see is Vincent's inside Perot. Like, but what about Simon? What's what's his deal? The the machine? Are they going to find the machine? Are they going to find Simon? It's just like, yeah, lots of questions and, here. And then, and then, what's wrong with Grace? I mean, is she just stunned, or did something happen to her at the end? That's so. That is another good point. Okay, maybe Simon's in Grace. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the whole premise of the episode is that Vincent's going to go to extreme measures to get McLaren's team to back off and just leave him alone. They choose not to do that. So the, the opening scene, we see McLaren recording that message in which he tells the truth about being a traveler, goes to meet Vincent, who, you know, tells him he wants a truce, tells Mac the truth about the kidnapping of the travelers. And, you know, well... I had no choice. I had to find out if the director was after me. Again, we don't have to beat a dead horse. Of course you had a choice, but, you know. Yeah, and, right. And then just tells McLaren, stay out of my way. And, and again, we could debate whether or not McLaren should have tried to work something out because, well, I, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I think, A, he knew McLaren was going to back off and his plan kind of relied on that right because part of his plan is getting the the video out there into the world right and in order for him to do that you know he's got you know mclaren has to keep pursuing this like if if grant actually backs off and says okay just let him do what he's gonna do and and then hopefully he'll be done with it then a lot of the stuff that happens that are, are you know clearly part of vincent's plan don't happen so I think part of his plan is that Grant isn't going to back off. Right. And, you know, whether or not he should, I guess that's not Grant McLaren. But um, Right. Well, well, and that's, that's also part of it because, like, it's really Grant. Like, the rest of the team is like, we don't need to pursue this. You know, like, Trevor and Philip and Carly are all like, you know, even after the people are captured, they're like, listen, we need to back off here. But... It's Marcy McLaren, the two people who have actual emotional commitments to the people who have been kidnapped, who are like, no, nah, we're, we're going after this. Yeah. Right. Um, and like I said, I mean, it seems like at any point, if, if Grant had just kind of taken a step back and actually thought about this, 
not from an emotional standpoint, um, you know, things might have turned out a little bit better for him. But uh, well, and that's what's happening: that their emotional attachments are getting in the way of the grand plan. And and I th- I think it's easy to mock the grand plan, but the grand plan is to save the viability of the human race. So that's not a small thing. And, you know, you, you mentioned that McLaren and Marcy are the only two that really have an emotional attachment. You know, when, when they first realized what was happening and, and they said to contact their loved ones, did you see Philip look over at his turtle? Yeah. <laughs> Turtle's still there, dude. You're good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you feel sorry because everyone else is like on the phone calling people, and Philip doesn't even pull a phone out at all. Right, right. You know, uh-huh. and as it turns out, the best he could come up with was Ray, which even Ray's like that is sad. You know? Yeah, yeah. One thing that Vincent does bring up, which yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly been a, a lot of maybe not even subtext because it's certainly been out there, even though it hasn't necessarily been verbalized but he says our existence has been handed over to an ai that we essentially built god and now it's time to pull back the curtain and fight for our future and on the one hand he's right but on the other hand fight for our future how disingenuous is that statement because he's fighting for his own future that's all he cares about i mean everything else he says is true that they essentially built God and, you know, this is what's in the byproduct. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, that speech coming from any other character might have actually resonated and make us question. But unfortunately, coming from Vincent, you know, I, I, I discount it. And again, this, this is possibly just me. And my reaction to Vincent, but, you know, like I said, I mean, they just make him so hateable that no matter what he says, like, we don't buy it. And like you said, like, we just see him acting out of self-interest and this whole thing of trying to free humanity from the director just seems like a bunch of crap, you know? Yeah, I mean, his claim to McLaren that he's willing to face the director for what he's done, BS, (laughs) you know, nobody, nobody believes that, certainly not McLaren. But, you know, there's a certain irony that Traveler 001 immediately circumvents the grand plan. Right. And I didn't really think about that until this episode. So. um, Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that either. But, yeah, maybe they had to do a a bunch of retraining before they sent out 002. Yeah. Now, (laughs) McLaren goes to Wakefield, played by Stephen Lobo. And, and he wants to mount an interagency manhunt for Vincent, who Wakefield is understandably against drawing attention to the traveler movement because he, he says, we've been noticed by the FBI, Homeland Security, NSA, CIA, who are convinced it's a terrorist cell. But then he says they haven't done anything because they're afraid. That struck me as an odd yeah. thing to say. But. Well, it, it, it's... I guess you, if you put that out there, that like, okay, we've been noticed by these, you know, these intelligence agencies. Well, then, yeah. Well, why if they've been noticed, and how come they haven't done anything? And then, they, so they just give this one line, like, "Oh, they're afraid." Like that's kind of supposed to explain it. And you're right; I don't think it stands up very well as a 
very good explanation at all. But like again, it's just kind of that suspension of disbelief, right? Like just take what he says and, and run with it because you know we got other things happening and and. Uh, Ask your questions later. Right. And and so he's got all of the loved ones abducted in a room. One by one, they're brought in to talk to Dr. Perot. And, and, and Catherine, I believe, is the first one. When did you first notice changes in your husband? And, you know, of, of course, then when David's brought in, was well, it true Marcy's cognitive abilities changed? And, and again, God bless him. He's still under that illusion or delusion that she's undercover for the FBI and, Mm -hmm. and, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I said too much. And, (laughs) you know, then they bring in Jeff and everybody else. They poured him a glass of water. They pour him a glass of scotch and Mm -hmm. he pushes it away. Although, you know, he certainly wanted to, you know, well, well, this is where I think they, you know, maybe they're, they're getting a little bit, like they're still unsure of how to write Jeff and and so like oh yeah we're always going to associate him with alcohol you know and everything like I, I don't know it just that that bit didn't quite seem necessary like I know I get it you know the guy's issues with the drink um I don't know well and again, that, that I, I, I I I think he's almost there to complicate Carly's life and. Sure. Forcing her to, you know, make choices all of the time between doing her job and taking care of her child. And, um, you know, on a much smaller scale, though none less important, it's what, you know, millions of men and women have to do every day, you know, in the 21st century, you know, make those decisions between work and being a parent. And and it's clearly not easy and i'm certainly not telling you anything you don't know right. um true but david i think is the first one that's told she's a time traveler i don't remember whether perot tells Catherine. i don't think i don't think i, I don't we think see we that. see her tell right, right, right. right. but but they because she's talking about it with oh who's like the the first person that oh is it David that gets sent back and and she's the only other one that's awake. Oh right, right. Um, yes, right. Yeah, and so yeah, so it we assume that she told Cap, but we don't see it uh, happen. But they discuss it as soon as he gets sent back. You know, right. He's like, "Lady, what the f have you been smoking?" You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Right now. Uh, you know, they're told to make these tapes and Carly says the mission comes first and she's ready to just say, screw that. And I, it certainly goes back to the fact that, you know, well, I think she's thinking about Jeff and not maybe the baby at that point, which is certainly not something she ordinarily does. She typically thinks of the baby first, but Philip's got a plan. And again, it's, uh, you know, we said this earlier, Philip, you're brilliant guy but it just seemed like a a pretty risky plan which is of course what it turns out to be but then we see that video of david having been severely beaten and wow now we're back to you know the the abductions strapped in the wheelchairs with the little tv monitors Mm -hmm. so yeah and and apparently david you know put up more resistance than the others because he's the only one who gets a beating yeah 
Yeah. And, and, and that, he, that, he, get, he gets beaten bad. Right. And that seems out of character. I mean, Jeff is already beaten, so we wouldn't be able to tell right. uh, with him. But I, I love that scene where all the hostages are now watching the videos on their iPads. And they, you know, they all have earbuds in. You know, Perot's taken home to her daughter. You know, Vincent, you know, why is he sending these messages out there? I mean, is he trying to stop the travelers? Is he, you know, I'm not sure what his purpose is in doing this. I mean, does he simply think now that I'm in Perot's body, the director won't be able to find me? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, Because it seems like, you know, I don't know. It, uh, it, it, I guess I'm, I'm two minds of this is that they, if they pause for a moment and doesn't look like they're going to get much opportunity for reflection in the near future. But, you know, when they think about it, they could realize that they got played big time. And, you know, so will they realize that the Vincent was not overwritten that the, um, you know the, that the traveler who's there now did not overwrite the old Vincent. That Vincent's still out. Will they? You know, will they realize that he basically escaped? If they do realize it, it certainly won't take them very long to figure out where he went to and, and how he did the escaping. But, um, but I think part of it is that you know it looks like they're going to be like you mentioned before. They're going to be seriously on the run uh, right now, and they are not going to be able to pursue Vincent anymore, which might've been like his whole plan might've been just that, like create enough chaos for the travelers in particular for McLaren's team so that they won't have the ability to, you know, go after him. Okay. So one thing at a time, get them off my back. Then I'll worry about the director. Right. Okay. I'm thinking. I don't know. Well, that makes sense. And and then, you know, of course, the, uh, you know, they're all taken out to the field and they, of course, and understandably so, think they're about to be executed. The helicopter arrives and then all the loved ones want nothing to do with their person. Well, what does that mean? You know, so you believe that they're actually time travelers? And then, yeah. you know, well, they we clearly hear- believe it. Yeah. And then you hear the sirens in the distance. So, you know, when, when Catherine says to Grant, you killed my husband. So now what? It would seem yeah. to me that the travelers better get back in that helicopter and, and beat feet out of there before yeah. the police. And, and now what? So I, I just think it was a, a tremendous way to end this season. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to say – you know, it reboots the whole Travelers show, but it kind of does. It, I mean, yeah, this is definitely a game changer um, where they're, yeah, because like you said before, their their Protocol 5 is completely burned. Their previous relationships are, are done. They are publicly, uh, as you said, are they're out there publicly now. And, um, you know, they, they got to, like you said, they got to just skedaddle quick. Like, and I think the best thing for them now is just to, to get out of there, um, you know, go deep undercover or, you know, go where they can't be found and, and kind of regroup. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of compare this to, uh, you know, the empire strikes back where the, you know, the end of it is just, everything looks 
like completely hopeless. Um, and uh, it kind of seems like that's what's going on right now. It's just like everything is just really bad for them right now. Yeah, because you, you feel like their headquarters has to be compromised as well. Sure. And there can only be so many travelers out there in positions of authority to keep them safe. So, yeah, I mean, they're basically going to have to start over from scratch, it would seem. So, oh, dude, I can't wait, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to have to wait. Though, I, understand. I understand. I <laughs> understand. Uh, but uh, so a couple of things. Um, first of all, so when you think about it, all right, let's look at like David and Marcy, right? Like David's all like, don't touch me. And like, well, wait a second, dude. Okay. So now that you know the truth, certainly you must have figured out that the girl that you fell in love with was not the original Marcy, you know, like the person that Jeff had a relationship, the person that Kat had a relationship was the, the OG, uh, you know, Grant and Carly. But, for Marcy, like, yes, they had a quote-unquote relationship in that he knew her, but the woman he fell in love with was the traveler of Marcy. So, like, it's not like she took away someone that he loved, you know, like, so. No, that's that's a great point. That, and, and you wonder whether, on reflection, he'll realize that, whether she'll ever get the chance to explain it to him. And, you know, it's obviously a bit different with Catherine and Grant because, you know, while they may have had their problems as a couple, it didn't sound like it was anything, you know, that they were heading for a divorce lawyer or anything like that. So Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, the, the big problem, I think, is obviously with, you know, I mean, because, you know, we had noticed the, the relationship between Kat and Grant and there was something that had been evolving uh, over these two seasons and it seemed like they finally got to a good place and then boom this happens right yeah yeah so it's kind of a bummer for all all shippers on the show because it's just like just like with one like it just took like gas and a match to all the relationships on this show like even yeah. like ray is like tells philip hey listen I'm not your friend. It's like, did you really have to say that, Ray? Like, come on. <laughs> like, well, he even says, I used you. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. But, all right, anything else before we... So, well, one thing is that um, I, what I, I you can tell that the... I feel like the Brad Wright is a Harry Potter fan here because the collecting of all the people who mean something is seemingly very eerily... Uh, like the second task in uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which I don't know if you've seen that movie. I or, have not. Or read the book. Okay. But it, it's in the Triwizard Tournament, the second task, they, they uh, kind of capture the people who are most meaningful to the, the people in the tournament and everything. So I don't know. Just kind of saw that. Um, and, oh, I, I kind of marked down like the, the timestamps for when each person – and. I don't think it really means anything of when they were recording their confession. Um, Cause the, the clock is, is going up. So it looks like we had um, Carly looks like she went first at 1927 and then um, Marcy at 1934 uh, Trevor at 1940 
Philip at 1950, and then um, Grant at 1958. Well, I think so I think they, those are the years they're all going to be sent back to. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, could be. I'm, I'm kidding. So, uh, so yeah. Well, cool. So I, you know, like I, well, if, the first time I watched it, I, I wondered if the the um, you know the, the numbers were, were significant. And uh, now that I looked at, it, I don't really think it is, except that we just kind of know in what order they uh, they record their confessions, and that each of their confessions lasted about you know five to eight minutes or so. Okay. All right. You want to leave? And it? last but not All least, right, go ahead. when Ray wakes up, he goes, "Shit, not again." <laughs> <laughs> which is just <laughs> yeah. it's just great ian tracy i I love that guy man he's just every time he's he's in any show that he's in he's just like bam he just takes over and uh he's just an awesome actor and uh you know i love seeing him uh, in this show for sure yeah he was in sanctuary wasn't he yeah with a, mm-hmm. with amanda tapping so yep all right and, oh and Amanda Tapping is now the bad guy, right? Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we will see. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and leave it there. Okay. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I'm sure some things about travelers will occur to us in the interim and we'll, you know, talk, you know, maybe a little bit in, in the opening next time. But I want to thank you guys for joining us. Love to hear what you think about travelers, genre TV in general. Encourage you to join the Facebook group. Share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. If you're already a member, spread the word. Emails go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can get through the website. We'll be back next time to talk about the librarians and their season four premiere. But until then... You know, Dave, I don't know about Facebook anymore because the digital age has created a prison around me that has been shrinking. <laughs>